50 years in politics, Joe went from a lower middle class guy, right? Scranton Joe, somehow to become a very wealthy man, all while in politics. How did he do that? Joe is now credibly accused of accepting $10 million in bribes, along with Hunter, and all kinds of pay for play was uh, at work, apparently. But he's not in trouble right now. Donald Trump is. Donald Trump indicted. Now, Donald Trump was, he was born, well, rich. His dad was a millionaire, but he turned that into a billion dollars, all without being in public office and asking people for money, for favors. He did it in business. And then he became president of the United States. That is one hell of an accomplishment. And he did it his first time out. You know, that drove them all crazy. And what does he have to show for it, for the presidency? Take a look. A bunch of boxes, okay? This is what people are upset about. It's kind of fascinating. I want to point this out. These boxes are in Mar-a-Lago. Now, Mar-a-Lago is a place that he has owned since the 1980s, all right? So post-presidency, he goes right back to where he left from. Here he is in, in Mar-a-Lago, circa 1990. It's worthy to point out because most presidents, they're not living in the house they were living in in 1989, all right? This ultra-exclusive club, the presidents, the former presidents of the United States, You've achieved the presidency. You've achieved, well, a lifetime of, well, you're set for life. You have nothing to worry about. I will prove to you in a moment that these charges against Donald Trump are ludicrous. They are completely unfair, and they will ultimately go away. And these guys right here, they're going to help me prove it. But first, Jack Smith. He finally took off that weird purple smock. And we got to look at him. This is the special counsel looking into all things Trump. And today was his big moment. And um, before I go through the indictment, which you probably have seen by now, right? It's been floating around all day long. Um, he revealed some very interesting and I think damning things about himself, about the swamp, and about this whole crummy case. The men and women of the United States intelligence community and our armed forces dedicate their lives to protecting our nation and its people. Our laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States, and they must be enforced. Oldest trick in the book now, hiding behind the men and women in uniform. Sorry, uh, they can't bail you out of this one. And did you just say great things about the intelligence community? We're not impressed. Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? Hmm. Predicting 9-11? No. Afghanistan? And uh, if you call them out on these things, what will the intelligence community do to you or do to President Trump? Tell us, Chuck Schumer. He's taking these... Shots, this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence Let me tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. Wow. You embarrass the intelligence community. You call them out on their mistakes. What will they do? What will they, how do they take revenge? How? How? Six ways from Sunday. That's a lot of ways. Next. The prosecutors in my office are among the most talented and experienced in the Department of Justice. They have investigated this case hewing to the highest ethical standards, and they will continue to do so as this case proceeds. 
Oh, get over yourselves. We're not impressed with you anymore. After the Mueller fiasco, the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff. And oh, by the way, you got you violated attorney client privilege. They threatened Trump's lawyers, got them to talk to the prosecutors about what? More on that in a moment. One more from uh, Jack, if that is his real name. In conclusion, I would like to thank the dedicated public servants of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, with whom my office is conducting this investigation and who work tirelessly every day upholding the rule of law in our country. I'm deeply proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Thank you very much. That's your problem. We don't trust the FBI anymore, and with good reason. Sorry, but did you read the Durham report, hmm? You see that top-level executives, including the director of the FBI, colluded to stop Trump, and they bragged about it? The famous Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, they bragged about being able to stop Trump? And these very same people are now on television, on the fake news, on MSNBC, on CNN, uh, guiding the media through this process, this dream of theirs to ultimately get Trump. You have to wonder about an institution, the FBI, where the headquarters is actually still named for one of the most notorious figures in American history, J. Edgar Hoover. Look it up. That guy was into some stuff. All right. So Jack Smith wraps up his press conference and runs away. No questions. Yes, that's America, right? No questions. It's just like it's like Russia. They just make a statement and they leave. That's not America. All right. So how this is all incredibly unfair to Donald Trump and probably illegal. I want to show you something. There's a book came out uh, about 10 years ago or so by uh, two reporters, one at Time magazine, The President's Club. It details the very plush, privileged life that these men share. Anybody who ever served as president of the United States, they get all kinds of perks and special treatments. It's, uh, it's a really nice life. Take a look. The most exclusive group in the world is a list of men who have been president of the United States. Of all the people alive today, only five, five have occupied the White House as the president of the United States. They have either been or currently are the most powerful man in the world. It's about the link that former presidents have with each other because it's this rarefied group that has experienced something that no one else has. Look inside the most exclusive club in the world, the President's Club. And being in that club comes with lots of perks and lots of privileges. And these guys have hooked themselves up, each other up, and that's how it's done from the book. National Security Advisor Brent Scowcroft, he worked for George H.W. Bush, was assigned to personally visit every former president. Scowcroft asked what, now that Bush was president, they might want in the way of regular briefings and other logistical favors. Bush offered the usual club benefits, special government airlift when necessary, and extra security as it might be required. These were standard privileges, just like those Bush's predecessors had doled out for years. But Bush offered new club perks as well. Scowcroft proposed to install in each of their offices a secure telephone so that Bush could reach them night or day. The scrambled telephone lines encoded in order to prevent electronic surveillance would also permit Bush to call and consult his predecessors at moments of crisis without fear 
of being overheard. Bush filed a series of semi-regular dispatches to his predecessors to keep them up to date. These memos, a kind of club newsletter, were usually stamped secret or confidential and often explained various problems of foreign policy. Secret or confidential. Secret or confidential. It's A-OK unless you happen to be former President Trump, right? I want to go to the document for a moment. I'm not a lawyer, but a couple of things leapt out at me. At 12 p.m. on January 20th, 2021, Trump ceased to be president. As he departed the White House, Trump caused scores of boxes, many of which were uh, contained classified documents to be transported to the Mar-a-Lago. But look at that. At noon, he ceased to be president at that moment. And then he left the White House. As he left the White House, they're playing a game here. The documents left that morning, well before noon. Now, why is that important? Why? Number one, somebody from the archives was watching on TV and making all kinds of phone calls to initiate. Look, it was all a setup. But Trump was all the way back in Florida well before noon. Uh, Here he is arriving at 11 in the morning. He's president of the United States on January 20th of 2021 at this moment. He gets back to Mar-a-Lago at what time? 11.32 a.m. It's well before noon. It is before Joe Biden has taken the oath of office. He is president of the United States still until this moment. And all those documents are already there. Isn't that isn't that something? It's a key point here, folks. Also, this this is a cheap shot they took in the indictment, and it's full of cheap shots. Full screen four, if you don't mind. It says between January of 2021 and August of 2022, the Mar-a-Lago Club hosted more than 150 social events, including weddings, movie premieres and fundraisers that together drew tens of thousands of guests. Now, what they're trying to say here is, oh, with the secret documents right there, uh, one of those guests could have compromise them, could have looked in the box. You know where else they have big parties with thousands and thousands of guests? The White House. Okay, this is actually right here. This room, this is the Rose Garden. Yes, they put a special glass tent in the Rose Garden when they have heads of state, celebrities. They're throwing parties all the time. You never know who's coming through. Here's something that was really nasty of these uh, prosecutors. They basically persecuted Donald Trump's butler. Uh, That guy over there, his name is uh, Walter. And, well, they got him to talk about where he put boxes. Were they in this room or were they in that room? This is the FBI talking to Donald Trump's butler. Uh, Where were the boxes? Uh, Were they here? Were they there? I'm telling you, it's unbelievably trivial and small. And our FBI is doing this kind of stuff. It's ludicrous. It should be beneath them, but we know now it's not. Next slide, please, if you don't mind. Uh, Oh, gosh, this is a big one. But look, the bottom line here is this. This is Donald Trump's lawyer quoting things that Donald Trump may or may not have said to him. Somehow they violated attorney-client privilege, which the Supreme Court has said is sacred. They have him. They're quoting him, asking his lawyer questions. What kind of country is this? You know, there are times where you can break attorney-client privilege, like in a terrorism case or when your client wants to kill somebody, but not over something like this. Now, 
prosecutors, I do believe, are at risk here ultimately. And so does one of Donald Trump's former attorneys, Tim Parlator. I heard this first on the Mark Levin show. He was on uh, CBS yesterday morning. Listen to this again. Uh, used to work for Donald Trump. Not anymore, but I think he's still on our side. The Trump attorneys have raised questions about prosecutorial misconduct in this case. What did you witness? I witnessed a lot of misconduct. What did that look like? So I, uh, it's been reported, I went before the grand jury myself. Um, I was not subpoenaed. I went in voluntarily mm -hmm. um, as, you know, in the place of a custodian of records. And I was really stunned by what I saw in the grand jury room by the conduct of the prosecutors. You know, they made many attempts to, uh, to try to get at privileged communications. They would ask me about conversations with my client. They would make improper references to the jury, trying to mislead them about that. At one point, it got to the level where you know, they're asking me this again, and then they turned to the grand jury and they said, so you're refusing to provide this information. No, I'm not refusing to provide. The ethical rules prohibit me. Even if the answer to this question is helpful, I'm not allowed to give it. Fascinating, isn't it? And I can so see that the prosecutors leading. Look, they got what they wanted. They got lawyers to. It's incredible. One more. I turned to the jury and I said, and she knows it. She knows that it's an improper question. It's an improper inference. That then led to an exchange where she tried saying, well, the privilege has exceptions. It could be waived, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, if the president's so cooperative, why won't he waive privilege and allow you to tell the grand jury about his conversations? Why does that cross a legal red line? Well, that, that crosses a major red line as far as implying guilt to a jury based on the invocation of a constitutional right. It's the kind of thing that if that had happened in a trial court, the judge would have immediately you know, stopped everything, probably declared a mistrial. And it's the kind of thing that, quite frankly, an attorney, a prosecuting attorney who willfully does that type of thing would potentially face discipline. And I think that they probably will when this case comes out. Okay. Well, we thank him. Um, also, something else. There's no victim here that I could tell looking through this indictment. It's not like the United States, China didn't see anything. This is so different from Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton and the emails, you know what was happening uh, during that era? Well, Bill was running the Clinton Global Initiative, and the information she had as Secretary of State was of great value to Bill and uh, all of his friends all over the world. See what I'm saying? So on this federal indictment, Trump guilty or innocent? Vote now. Text Trump, T-R-U-M-P, to 39747, 39747. We'd appreciate it. We'll share with you the results. I predict not guilty. That's just me. I'll be right back. So Joe Biden has been a candidate for president for... Two months now, re-election. He launched his presidential campaign two months ago, 
And our friend Benny Johnson pointed out a couple of interesting things. Uh, let's see. He has had, so far, zero campaign rallies. How about that? Next, please. He has had zero events with his running mate, the vice president, Kabbalah Harris. Is he really running for re-election? And also... Uh, indicted political opponents on fake charges. Wow. What a campaign, Joe Biden. What a peculiar individual. I'd like to show you a clip that many people have not seen. It's from almost 50 years ago. Brand new senator. He's like 30, 31 years old at this point. Joe Biden. And boy, is he high on his own supply. As the youngest member of the Senate, the one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there, I wonder if you'd say to us, since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I thank you for that, though. What a, what a thing to say. I'm not, you should assume I'm not corrupt. What kind of person says something like that? A smug guy who's hungry and greedy. Next. The fortunate thing is I didn't have many larger contributors, and the only reason, see, I went to the big guys for the money. I was ready to prostitute myself in the, man, the manner in which I talk about it. He was ready to prostitute himself for money. This is a guy, Maya Angelou, the libs love to quote her. When somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Uh, everybody knows that Joe is not smart and has no integrity. He was basically a punchline in Washington, D.C. for a long time. His famous disastrous first run for the presidency in 1987. Watch. What law school did you attend and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, yes. could you quickly? I, I think, we I, I, think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. He said all those false things, all of those lies as a 45-year-old, fully grown United States senator. And back then, the media, they weren't afraid. They didn't care if you were a Democrat or a Republican. If you were a liar, they called it out. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. Yeah, Joe actually thought he could talk his way out of this. Again, back then, the media were not afraid, and they let him have it. He thought he could survive this. Watch. Feel you're able to control, to put in the vernacular of your mouth, that you can think before you talk? Well, I've been in this business for 15 years. Um, and uh, I, uh, um, I let my record of 15 years versus the transgression that you're referring to uh, stand and you can make you all can make that judgment i feel very capable of uh using my mouth in sync with my mind 
<laughs> wow, that look looks familiar, doesn't it? Who saw that movie, The Shining, right? The same look. It's the same look. There's something wrong with Joe Biden. Um, Joe, by the way, didn't he call it a business? Yeah, he said, I've been in this business. I thought it was public service. Anyway, fast forward to yesterday. The bribery allegation, Congresswoman Nancy May says there's damning evidence in the FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to the congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, Mr. President, where's the money? He's been accused. The FBI has evidence that may have accepted millions of dollars in bribes. Uh, the investigators believe that he laundered the money. Oh, by the way. So real quick, Hunter doing that business with Burisma. Uh, Joe Hunter visiting some Chinese Communist Party linked official in a hotel in Beijing. This is crazy stuff. Yet Joe is... Joe watches Donald Trump get indicted. We've got some heroes calling this out. Byron Donalds, Republican of Florida. There's no doubt in my mind that Joe Biden is guilty of bribery, 100%. The reporting to this point has always been that Joe Biden denies any knowledge of what Hunter and his brother Jim have been doing. According to the document we have both read, that is a lie. Joe Biden absolutely knows and has been engaged in this throughout the entirety of this of this uh, corruption scheme. Wow. By the way, that was Anna Polina Luna, uh, also Republican of Florida. What did Joe say so glibly, so smugly about where's what? Where's the money? <laughs> yeah, where's the money? Well, yesterday we went through his real estate holdings and we talked about his relatives. Here's another thing. Watches. Joe has a thing for watches. He has some of the most expensive watches uh, you can get out there. That's a special Omega watch. He's got Rolexes up the wazoo. Um, maybe uh, there, right? And he wears very nice clothes. I mean, Joe's suits, some of them cost like $5,000 a pump. So, uh, you know, there are some smart people who think Joe will ultimately go to prison. This is Nancy Mace. She's no Trump lover, okay? She actually voted for his impeachment, but... Listen to this. If these allegations, any of these allegations are proven true, then someone with the last name Biden needs to be charged, prosecuted, and maybe spend a little time in prison to take to account and responsible for the actions they've taken today. Wow. Joe in jail? Now that would be justice. More when I come back. You know the old saying, good things come in small packages. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier is about the size of your hand, but powerful enough to kill viruses, mold, and odors quickly. I now have a couple of these in my home, and it is amazing how we can actually smell cleaner, fresher, healthier air in our home. My wife, who suffers from allergies, is especially happy with it. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier uses proven oxy technology to purify the air. I don't know all the technology, I just know it works. And because it's not a filter, you don't have to keep on buying filters. It has no filter. You just plug it in. And right now you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. Simply go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in discount code GREG to save $200. That's Eden, E-D-E-N, PureDeals.com, discount code GREG, and shipping is free. 
So all day long, I've been hearing the fake news. They're in utter shock about all of these boxes. Oh my goodness gracious, a storage room with boxes and more boxes. They were so horrified by this. Uh, anytime somebody leaves a job, uh, they often take boxes. Uh, this is kind of a normal thing. Uh, and consider this, Donald Trump was moving. I mean, moving his residence. Uh, so there's that. Look, I'd like to bring in Matt Whitaker, former acting attorney general of the United States of America, federal prosecutor, sir. Welcome. And uh, what do you think of this thing? Yeah, this is, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out. This is something, you know, I've been obviously paying attention to this, talking about it a couple times today. And uh, I think there is a belief that every single one of those boxes contains nothing but national security secrets. Um, and the movement of those boxes, therefore, was the movement of national security secrets. And that's not what is in this indictment. Essentially, this indictment kind of infers that some boxes had national security documents in them, and some of those boxes were moved. But I never saw where they connected the dots. To, you know, and again, this the indictment is always the worst version of the facts before the defense even gets a chance to present their case or their defense. So, you know, I think you're right. This this has been a lot of noise about boxes and the movement of boxes, but very little about actually what was contained in those in those boxes and, and the president's uh, right under the Presidential Records Act to uh, maintain those documents and possess them. And also, let's uh, what about actually possessing classified material? Now, I do believe that he declassified this stuff, but earlier in the show, <laughs> I mean, there have been books written about how presidents have access, former presidents have access to classified material. They get classified briefings. <clears throat> uh, uh, George H.W. Bush would send other former presidents <laughs> newsletters that were secret and confidential. They are afforded certain courtesies as an ex-president of the United States, right? Yeah, I just, you know, we all know the answer to that question, Greg, and that is, is that Donald Trump is always treated differently. You know, he is, for some reason, uh, always presumed to have done something wrong. He is uh, not afforded what every other president. I mean, I, you know, there, if you go through the list, uh, really, after, uh, you know, Herbert Walker Bush the first. Uh, and then, you know, Clinton, uh, second Bush, um, you know, you just go through every one of these presidents and each one of them uh, had similar issues. I mean, I, I can't describe it any other way. Similar issues. They were afforded, you know, grace and most importantly, time uh, to sort these uh, personal records out. We've seen, the, you know, the Judicial Watch case famously suggested that really, uh, a president gets to decide what's personal and what's yeah. presidential records. And I just think at some point in time, uh, you know, the the uh, archives together with the FBI uh, just decided that, you know, they had had it with Donald Trump and they were going to prosecute him uh, for a crime that has never been prosecuted before. And so there's going to be a lot of uh, legal precedent established in this case uh, that, you know, future presidents will have to abide by. So the special counsel, the special prosecutor, whatever, Jack Smith, um, short statement today. I'd like to run this by you. You're a former prosecutor. Um, what do you make of this sentiment? The prosecutors in my office are among the most talented and experienced in the Department of Justice. They have investigated this case hewing to the highest ethical standards, and they will continue to do so as this case proceeds. 
highest ethical standards, talented, the most talented. Look, my sense is the career prosecutors hate Donald Trump, the swamp, and uh, that's quite a statement. He also endorsed the FBI. We know how they've been behaving lately. As an institution, safe to say the DOJ is out to get Trump? Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what you see, and especially the political uh, part of DOJ that's appointed by Joe Biden, who is directly invested in his reelection in hopes that they can maintain their jobs for another four years. And so, you know, Jack Smith works for Merrick Garland, who works for Joe Biden. They're all political appointees um, that are, you know, benefactors uh, of Joe Biden's, um, you know, patronage, quite frankly. Let's be honest with what this is. And so, you know, here's what I would say. Um, this is the first time uh, in, 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 a, in, in American history where the, pre, the next administration went after the former president and potentially the future president. And uh, it's, a, it's a political prosecution. It is exactly what our founding fathers have warned about every other place that this has happened, going all the way back to the assassination of Julius Caesar. Uh, this has always been the end of times for uh, you know, a republic and a people. And so I'm very concerned about the future of our country. And we need some brave men and women to step up and speak truth and be statesmen and stateswomen and I, talk about the rule of law and talk about equal justice under law and explain why this case against Donald Trump is so corrosive to our American system. I agree. But very quickly, I mean, <laughs> the left, they control all the levers of power. They do one outrageous thing. We complain about it. We call it out. But we don't have the resources. We don't have the power. And they yeah. just do something else. I feel like I don't know. Something else has to be done uh, legally, lawfully, of course, peacefully. Yeah. But what is that? Well, Greg, it's simple. You win elections, uh, you know, and, and don't just win it to get power, win it to actually change uh, the way this government works and the way Washington works. And I, that's why that's why these case, this case is against Donald Trump. Uh, in the first place, is they are afraid that he can actually is the only person that can make those changes, that can fundamentally change Washington, D.C. He made a lot of progress in the first uh, term. And if you think about it, if it wasn't for the Russiagate hoax and if it wasn't for COVID, two, you know, outside uh, forces that dramatically impacted his presidency, you know, he, while he accomplished a lot, he got a, got a ton more done. I was there. I had a front row seat to it. Attorney General Matt Whitaker, we appreciate it so much. Thank you very much to be continued, and we'll be right back. MAGA, it's great. We've got so many friends. We've got each other. But the levers of power, they're owned by the left, even so-called conservative media. Uh, two of the biggest newspapers in the country, uh, New York Post and Wall Street Journal, they are generally conservative. New York Post has done some great work, but they're owned by News Corp and no editorials this morning in support of Donald Trump. Maybe it's because Paul Ryan is on the board of News Corp. Uh, who knows? But we have a situation here where, let's see, we have Joe Biden and Donald Trump and <laughs> Donald Trump is the one in trouble. Yet yesterday we learned that the FBI has information that Joe Biden may have received, along with Hunter, $10 million for getting rid of that prosecutor who was looking into Burisma. Paperwork, investigative data suggests as much. We are joined now by Congressman Pat Fallon, Republican of Texas. He's on that oversight committee. Welcome back to Newsmax, sir. It is uh, just totally crazy. Listen, we'll get to the indictment in a little bit. First of all, how are you? I'm great. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate you it. You are a great American. <laughs> and let, don't let those liberals 
say anything other than that. I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank you so much. Listen, uh, first off, the Oversight Committee, you finally are getting some cooperation from the FBI. This Form 1023, what do you make of it? And uh, is, it, is it the real deal or not? First of all, Greg, we're only getting co cooperation from the FBI because we have subpoena power. They didn't do anything to aid this investigation for years. And then, even when he had subpoena power, they tried to uh, obfuscate and delay and say, well, just uh, Jamie Comer can come over and see this. How about the entire oversight committee? Because at the end of the day, our job on this committee is to ensure that the FBI is doing their job. So finally, the, the document was made available to everyone. And it's very concerning because it's not just some wild accusation, Greg. It's from a, this is the FBI's description, a highly credible source that they have worked with for over 10 years that they have paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to that directly spoke to the person that's uh, claiming that they bribed the Bidens. Also in the document, it says that Hunter Biden is not smart. So that tends, for me, that makes me believe it is definitely accurate and it is truthful because we all know that's not the case. He ain't smart. And yeah. it, it, so it's, it's very troubling. And, of course, all of the other things. You could teach a three-credit college course about the Biden corruption. And you can uh, look, the pieces, you can put them together rather easily. I mean, Joe Biden, I actually want to play this um, tape of the phone call between Poroshenko and Joe Biden. Now, I have heard liberals from time to say, time say, this is debunked, it's not true. Uh, but it seems pretty darn authentic to me. Poroshenko, Joe Biden on the phone circa 2015, we believe. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I met meet with the general prosecutor, Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Congressman uh, Fallon, what do you make of that tape? I think it's pretty damning and it seems incredibly authentic. Yeah, well, Greg, let's uh, make sure your listeners understand that that was a prosecutor in Ukraine that was looking into corruption charges against Burisma. And why is Burisma important? Well, first of all, it's what this whistleblower and confidential source from the FBI is saying gave the Biden family $10 million. Oh, what else? Burisma had a board member, and his name was, what was it again? Oh, yeah, Hunter Biden. So this is incredibly damning, as you're saying. And again, but by the way, in 2019, Joe Biden, the candidate, said, he had no idea what his son did for a living he, and what his business to say. He never met any of his business associates. He didn't know what he specifically did. We know that to be a patent lie. He met with scores of them. So why, you have to ask yourself, why did Joe Biden lie? Let's go to the, uh, the indictment. Uh, I've been through it. I am not impressed. I think this is another farce. Uh, I had a lot to say about it earlier in the show. Sir, your reaction? Yeah, the, the 31 counts, it could be one count. I mean, they're just stretching. and it, It's very thin. It's, uh, it, it's untested legal theory, and it's gray area. Joe Biden's administration, okay, Joe Biden ran on the fact that he would return our country to normalcy, in his, his words. And then his, he turns around, and his administration indicts his chief political opponent. That's unprecedented. That's the exact opposite, 180 degrees from normalcy. I, you know, President Trump has said to, to myself and others, they're always going to come after him. They're just never going to stop because they fear him, because he does take on the swamp and he does take on the establishment. And that's why, you know what? And it's not just him. He really truly is between them 
and us. Because who's going to be indicted next? Is it going to be members of the Senate, Congress, governors, journalists? You don't know. Nobody's safe when you don't have an equal, you know, when, when Lady Justice is not blind and you don't have equal protection under the law, you don't have America anymore. You know, I'm looking at those boxes we showed them a moment ago. Am I supposed to be shocked? I mean, there are boxes. When people leave a job, they take boxes, yeah. all right? I mean, uh, and when you're the president of the United States, uh, and oh, by the way, you're not just uh, leaving a job, you're moving. I mean, you're moving your primary residence back to a house, oh, by the way, he owned back in the 1980s. By that, I mean, President Trump did not benefit by being in office. And these documents are not alleged to have been compromised, i.e., they weren't sent to China, you know, no foreign mm -hmm. operative saw them. Final word, if you don't mind, real quick. Sure. Sandy Berger got convicted of actually stealing documents from the National Archives and destroying them. But because he worked for a Democrat, he was given a $10,000 fine. This is ridiculous. It should not be criminal at all. And it is another hoax just to go after Donald Trump and to preserve Democratic power. Congressman Pat Fallon, we so appreciate you. Good luck. Stay in touch. Carry on. Navy, right? What rank were you? Air Force, sir. Captain, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Oh, okay, then. Yes, okay. I, I thought I might have to salute you, but you're saluting <laughs> no, me. That no, works. no, no. <laughs> I'm saluting you, Greg. <laughs> you're the best. Thank you so much, and we'll be right back. Thank you. God bless. All right, there's uh, <laughs> Swamp Snake, Jake Smith, Jack Smith, uh, in his natural habitat, the swamp. Look, uh... They're trying to make us scared. They're trying to shake our confidence. The boxes. Have you seen the boxes? Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, it's not rattling me at all, but I'd like to check in with some of my MAGA pals. We have Chris Cox. He is the founder of Bikers for Trump, an awesome group. And also Caroline Levitt, spokeswoman for Make America Great Again, Inc., Newsmax contributor and former assistant press secretary under President Trump. Uh, welcome to you both. Uh, Chris, first to you, if you don't mind. How's it going out there? And uh, what do you think of all this? Uh, it's good. You know, statements are pouring in from across the country from elected officials in support of Donald Trump. He speaks tomorrow in Georgia and North Carolina. This morning, he was golfing with Congressman Carlos Jimenez. Okay, does this sound like a guy that's really that concerned about it? This is par for the course. It's another episode of Groundhog Day. We've already lived through the Russia collusion. He's tried, they've tried to impeach him twice, and they just keep falling short. The only way they could ever neutralize Donald Trump is if Biden had actually any success in any of his policies, and he doesn't. Wow, you're right. Why don't they try something like that? Why don't they try doing a good job? Amazing. Caroline, welcome. What are you thinking? What do you think the folks are thinking? Well, this certainly is just another step in the relentless witch hunt against President Trump, although this time they are taking it a little bit further because this is the sitting president using the full weight of the Department of Justice to target and imprison his political opposition. Third world country stuff never happened before in American history. It's not just Biden and Garland who are corrupt. Your audience needs to know about Jack Smith and his deputy, Karen Gilbert. Both of them, longtime partisan hacks, engaged in unethical behavior. Jack, history, Jack Smith, long history of targeting conservatives at the IRS. He tried to take out Bob McDonnell, the former Republican governor of Virginia. They are doing this at the behest of Joe Biden and Merrick Garland, trying to steal our choice 
on the ballot in 2024. Oh, by the way, yeah, his wife, Jack Smith's wife, gives to Democrats, works with Democrats, works with yeah. Michelle Obama. I want to play uh, something uh, Liz Cheney is fond of saying, and this actually is very creepy and dark. Uh, Liz Cheney about uh, Donald Trump's future prospects. And I think there's there's no question. I mean, a man as dangerous as Donald Trump um, can absolutely never be anywhere near the Oval Office ever again. And I feel confident that uh, he will never be president again. Yeah, the way she talks, it's almost like it's up to her. I mean, there is the possibility, Liz, that he gets more votes than the other guy, but they don't seem to think that that's uh, that he's even going to get that far. And that's where I think this plot is coming from, Chris. I couldn't agree more. You know, Jack Smith is going to maybe create some headlines, but he's not going to ever achieve a conviction. And that's what it's all about. Like I said, this is nothing but a distraction that you can see the timing here. And Donald Trump, everything he touched was golden. He delivered for the American people. Promises made and promises kept. Can you think of anything that, that Biden has done for this country? He is, His um, reform has put us in a recession like never before. You look what's happening at the, at the border. We look at Afghanistan, which I'd like people to continue to think about Afghanistan and the debacle that was, the lives that were lost and changed and the, the ammunitions. You know, the, the Taliban having more helicopters, uh, Black Hawk helicopters than uh, Australia. It's unheard of. This is nothing but a distraction. See, the American, the MAGA community, they won't get distracted by this. I predict that Donald Trump raises $20 million on this escapade and that he goes up by six to eight points, just like he did when Alan Bragg tried to take him down in Manhattan. Mm. And by the way, the bikers for Trump were there. Love it. Oh, I think I heard you guys, actually. That was pretty cool. Hey, um, how about this, Caroline? Let's face it. There are a lot of um, establishment Republicans, the big donors, the billionaires who have really been pushing DeSantis. And we've gotten to look at DeSantis and sorry, he's a great guy, maybe someday, but he's not ready. He gets angry. He's off. He, you know, people don't like him. I mean, it's it's it's. Pro Do you think that he's a bust as a candidate has kind of pushed this case along? Oh, absolutely. Ron DeSantis is not ready for prime time. He has shot himself in the foot. He says he wants to leave woke in the dustbin of history. He is going to be left in the dustbin of political history after this Republican primary because Donald Trump will be our next nominee. Ron DeSantis is a shill for the establishment donor class, the billion dollar war machine. He flip flops on his positions, can't even pronounce his own dang last name for <laughs> heaven's sake. And he would have never, Greg, this is important would have never been able to withstand the pressure from the swamp and the warmongers and all of the establishment hacks in Washington like President Trump has over the next seven over the last seven years. Donald yeah. Trump's the fighter we need for the next four. DeSantis, Chris Christie, the rest of them don't stand a chance. We the people again need to rally around Donald Trump. You guys are great. Thank you so much. Uh, Caroline Levitt, you can go to MAGAPAC.com for more information. And uh, Bikers for Trump, check them out at bikersfortrump.com. Chris Cox. It's true. I am an America first, liberty loving Latino. That's why I know this country is worth fighting for. That's why the Chris Salcedo Show will always tell you the truth. The Chris Salcedo Show for the news you need to know. 
Okay, what do you think on this thing? Uh, federal indictment, Trump, guilty or innocent? Don't let me down here. I want this show to have the greatest percentage of Trump innocent votes. So you can text Trump to 39747, 39747. Apparently they have a way of tracking which show you're watching when you text it. So uh, good luck. Hey, thank you very much. It's been, a, been an interesting week. I think we're going to get through this. Uh, might take a bit of prayer and it might take a few miracles, but they have a way of finding Donald Trump, don't they? I'll see you next week. All the best.